global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The equity market rally continues for a third day. Dow Jones Industrial Average trading above its record close from May of 2015 as investors weigh corporate health amid the start of the earnings season. Alcoa, which reported last night, rallying 5.2% now at 1067. The Dow is up 134 points, gaining 7 tenths of 1% to 18,361. The record on the Dow, 18,000. The old record, 18,312. S&P up 17, 2154 now, a gain of 8 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 40, also a gain of 8 tenths of 1%. The 10-year down 25 30 seconds, the yield 1.51%, gold down 2190 the ounce to 1334, a drop there of 1.6%, and crude oil West Texas intermediate of $1.95 a barrel 4671. Uh, that is a gain of 4.4%. I'm Charlie Pellet and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. How do you build a multi-billion dollar business? How do you satisfy customers? How do you know the right questions to ask in order to get the right investors? Well, chances are you turn to John Scully. He is, of course, author, entrepreneur, former chief executive of PepsiCo and Apple, and the author of a new book entitled Moonshot, Game-Changing Strategies to Build Billion-Dollar Businesses. And John joins me in the studio today. John, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you, Ben. Let's start off by uh, understanding what makes this book different than other books about how to build businesses. You've done that. And one of the things I, I want to just zero in on, first of all, is you talk about a customer plan, not just a business plan. Explain that. Sure. Well, first of all, this is not an autobiography. Uh, this is really made up of the conversations with so many successful entrepreneurs that I've known over the years and the lessons we've all learned. Most of the lessons we've learned, Pim, come from our mistakes, not from our successes. And uh, a lot of people are afraid to talk about their mistakes because they're afraid of getting ambushed by it. Well, I can talk to the to entrepreneurs so they know I'm not going to ambush them. But going back to the customer plan, uh, so many people in business are used to the tedious process of writing an annual business plan, which is really a budget, which is really looking back and saying, so where were we before and, and how much further do we think we can go in the future? The customer plan starts in a totally different place. It says, what's the really big customer problem that needs to be solved? And can we be the ones to solve it? And if so, how are we going to do it? And how are we going to engage the customer? What's the cost of customer acquisition? All the metrics are customer metrics. Uh, what's the cost of customer retention? How do you monetize the customer? What's the lifetime value of a customer? And when you're building the customer plan, you start with the customer problem, what's in it for the customer, and you look out green field out into the future and you say, you know, let's look at what could be, not what was in the past. To follow up on that, the questions that a potential entrepreneur or indeed someone that is currently running an entrepreneurial company, the questions you say are really more important than the answers. Well, of course they are because we're in the era of Google. We're in the era of Wikipedia and many other sources. If you want to go check answers, they're a commodity. You can get them for free. The problem is the way most of us grew up and went to school, 
we were measured on memorizing the answers. But what you really discover in life, it's learning the context of the right questions. Ask the right questions, and it's amazing how the same set of facts you know, looks entirely different. So I encourage people, particularly those who want to be in an entrepreneurial world, where you, you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't think there was a better way to do something, to ask the right questions. In my opinion, it's always around the context of what's in it for the customer. Talking about asking the right questions, I want to turn your attention to a specific industry that you have a lot of expertise in and that you are working in right now, and this is healthcare. What are the right questions to ask when it comes to things like price of pharmaceuticals or dealing with healthcare as a huge, uh, tangled mess of, of bureaucracy? Well, it goes back to what we've been talking about. Ask the right questions. The right question in healthcare that I focus on are the chronic care patients. About 5% of the population in the U.S., about $1.5 trillion of health spend, around 50% of every dollar spent on health care goes to that 5% of chronically ill people. The whole movement today is to move these chronically ill people out of the hospitals and to serve them even better, better customer experience, better patient experience in their homes. And the high technology that we have today with sensors that can measure their vital signs, the ability to use video conferencing, which is really becoming increasingly accessible and inexpensive, the part of the business I'm focused on are the pharmaceuticals because the pharmaceuticals uh, represent hundreds of billions of dollars of annual cost savings if you can be able to deal with issues like avoidable drug costs. For example, the chronic care patient typically has 15 meds a day, but they're being prescribed by different specialists who don't necessarily know what the other specialists are prescribing because they can't get the information in a useful form. What we do at our company, RX Advance, we're the first cloud-based pharmacy benefit management platform with actionable intelligence. We use machine learning, other technologies, and we're able to dramatically cut the cost. We believe we'll probably be about a $10 billion revenue company by 2020. Uh, we expect to be making close to a billion dollars of profit. And with that, we can turn back you know, at least another billion dollars of profit back into the health system and dramatically lower the costs. Uh, of uh, tens of billions of dollars uh, for patients and health systems, and we can increase the pay of the doctors. And you say, well, how can you do all of that? It's because the system is so inefficient. It was built 25, 30 years ago, and no one upgraded the technology. We're still living with technology that was designed for a different era. So our company is just one example of that, RX Advance, but there are others out there. It's a huge industry. They're going to find different opportunities, but always start with the customer. In this case, the customer is a patient and always say, how do I give that patient just an incredibly good experience? Now, something that not many people have always been able to have in the healthcare systems. I think of the frustrations of standing in queues, waiting in waiting rooms, not knowing really what they ought to do, having trouble getting to doctors, 21 days on average to get to see a doctor. So those things can be dramatically improved on uh, and taking advantage of the skills of the professionals in the healthcare system. There's nothing wrong with our professionals of doctors and nurses. It's how do we get them up to date with the same kinds of disruptive innovation that have taken place in the private sector part of our economy. In putting together uh, RX Advance, you went through some of the same issues that you note in your book, Moonshot, 
wonder if you could tell me some of the maybe anecdotes that have illustrated your progress to understanding what it means to put together a new company. Well, one of the real challenges is that uh, the incumbents really don't want to change, you know, for a whole bunch of reasons. It may be because they're worried about, you know, what does it mean to their particular job? Uh, how does it, um, you know, going to make life different? So what we realized was even though we can build an entirely new pharmacy-based management supply chain system, that that's probably not the best place to start because it disrupts too many people's lives in the healthcare industry. So we said, keep what you got, and we'll build on top of that. So we'll fit in. So you can say we can stand out with many of the advantages I was talking about earlier, you know, cost savings, better customer experience, more things we can do in the patient's home, make it real simple for people who know nothing about technology. For instance, we're using um, the new Alexa uh, smart assistant that was developed by Amazon, terrific product Amazon developed, but we incorporated it back into our system because Amazon opened the technology up. But uh, we are trying to say we can fit in. We can don't have to force you to change everything that you already have. And it's amazing the difference of the reception we get from the insurance industry when we say, hey, we can fit in. And by the way, we won't charge you fee for service. We'll take the risk. And when they say, you mean you'll take the risk, you have that much confidence in what you're doing, that you're willing to uh, bet on performance, you don't get paid unless you perform to uh, what you've said? He said, absolutely. And why can we do that? Because the inefficiencies of the systems are so incredibly big, and the advantages of disruptive technology can make such an incredibly large impact. How big is RX Advance uh, today? Uh, we launched it uh, in January of this year. We started it back in 2013. Uh, we'll do about 125 million revenue this year. Next year, we're looking at well over 500 million. It could be closer to a billion. Next year, we think we'll be at 10 billion dollars revenue is our plan by 2020, and uh, we think that we have pretty uh, conservative outlook to get. Uh, somewhere around $800 million of profit. Now, there aren't many businesses that grow that fast to that size, but it's still very small in the context of a $3 trillion healthcare industry. I mean, even then, we'll probably have less than a 3% market share. At that scale? At that scale. Well, I want to thank you very much. Uh, when you talk about that, it sounds almost like a moonshot, and uh, I guess that's a good way to describe your book because that's the title, Moonshot, Game-Changing Strategies to Build Billion-Dollar Businesses. Thank you very much for spending time with us. John Scully, author, entrepreneur, former chief executive of PepsiCo and Apple. Much appreciated. Thank you, Pam. And it's available on Amazon. Maybe you can use Alexa to order it as well. You can, actually. Yeah, say, Alexa, I want to order John Scully's Moonshot and... If you're connected to Amazon Prime, you'll get the book. Thanks very much. John Scully, author of Moonshot, Game-Changing Strategies to Build Billion-Dollar Businesses. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg.